0: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
1: Scripture warns you and Scripture warns me that there is somebody that is plotting our destruction the devil. And his desire is to kill, steal, and destroy. His desire is to ruin your life and my life, and to ruin your family and my family. And it it would be foolish of us to ignore the warnings of Scripture. Or to think that would never happen, or that's never going to happen to me.
0: Sometimes it's easier to ignore what the Bible warns us about, the enemy. Going about your life without having a good understanding of warnings in Scripture is like walking around blindfolded. In the message today, Pastor Dan will teach you how Gedalia was in denial of what was coming. Jeremiah had warned him, but he chose to ignore it. Are you living in denial? Look to the scripture to find the whole truth, not just the pieces that appeal to you. In this instance, ignorance is not bliss. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah chapter 40 for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: Turn with me first of all to 1 Samuel chapter 7. 1 Samuel chapter 7. And just to give you some some context here, 1 Samuel chapter 5, the Philistines came and attacked Israel. And do you remember the, the Israelites took the Ark of the Covenant into battle with them against the Philistines. And they treated the Ark as like a good luck charm or a lucky rabbit's foot. And they brought it with them into battle and they lost it. The Philistines captured the ark, which was the you know the, where the mercy seat of God was located. The glory of God rested upon that ark. And so in a sense, the presence of God was no longer with them. In fact, you remember, Ichabod was declared. The glory of God had departed from Israel. Eventually they got the ark back. The Philistines returned it, which is an interesting story all on its own that we don't have time for. And it was brought to Kirjath-Jerim. And that's First Samuel chapter 7 now. Then the men of Kirjath-Jerim came and took the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab on the hill. And they consecrated Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. So it's, it's returned by the Philistines to a place called Beth Shemesh, uh, and then when it's returned, the people of, of Beth Shemesh decide to take the lid off the ark and look into the ark, and God struck them down for doing this. And so everybody's freaked out now. So they just take it to Kirjath jerim to some guy's house, Abinadab, and they they just put it in his house. And so now the ark of the covenant is just sitting in this guy's living room, and they appoint his son Eleazar to keep the ark of the Lord. First Samuel 7, verse 2, So it was that the ark remained in Kirjath-Jerim a long time. How long, you ask? It was there 20 years. And all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. So, so the people believe that God has left them, that the glory of God has departed, the presence of God has departed. They're lamenting, it says after the lord they they thought god had abandoned them as a nation and so the ark of the covenant which was uh, where the where the presence of god dwelt it's just sitting in some guy's living room for 20 years and for that for 20 years the people are are lamenting the fact that they believed god had abandoned them completely as a people and as a nation so verse 3 then samuel spoke to all the house of israel saying if you return to the Lord with all your hearts and put away the foreign gods and the Ashtoreths from among you and prepare your hearts for the Lord and serve Him only, and He will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. And so the children of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtoreths and serve the Lord only. And Samuel said, gather all of Israel to Mitzbah. And I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered together at Mitzbah. They drew water and they poured it out before the Lord. And they fasted that day. And they said there, we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel at Mitzbah. Mitzbah became this place where there was this great national repentance by the people at Mitzbah. That the nation gathered together and they confessed their sins to the Lord. And they, they fasted and they repented there at Mitzbah. That's why it's significant. Look at verse 7. Now when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel had gathered together at Mitzbah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel... And when the children of Israel heard of it, they were afraid of the Philistines. The Philistines see this as an opportunity to attack and invade the land once again, because all the people are gathered at Mitzpah. So the children of Israel said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us, that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord, which speaks of total consecration to the Lord, then Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him, "Where at Mitzbah? the Lord answered at mitzbah now, as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel, but the Lord thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day, and so confused them that they were overcome before Israel, and the men of Israel went out of Mitzbah and pursued the Philistines and drove them back as far as below Beth-kar. God intervened supernaturally and drove out their enemy. They need that again. They need God to do something supernatural again to drive out the Babylonians. They need to repent, and they need God to show up. Just like they did before at Mitzbah, they needed that before, they need another Mitzbah. Verse twelve, then Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mitzbah and Shen, and he called its name Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. That's what Ebenezer means. The Lord has been our help. So the Philistines were subdued, and they did not come any more into the territory of of Israel. The people of Israel need that again. They they need another mitzvah moment. And now instead of the Philistines, it's the Babylonians. And it's at mitzvah that Samuel the prophet called the people of Israel to repent of their sins. And it's at Mitzvah that they gathered together as a nation and they repented of their sins. It was at Mitzvah that the Lord supernaturally gave them a victory over their enemy. It's at Mitzvah where they raised their Ebenezer, raised the Ebenezer stone. And they reminded themselves that the Lord has helped us thus far and he's not going to fail us going forward. See why they're at Mitzvah? See why Gedaliah says, well, I'll, I'll just set up my headquarters in Mitzvah." And the Babylonians probably say, all right, Pipspa, Pipspah. I don't care where you do it, you know? But is thinking, no, this is going to be symbolic to the people. Because what these people need to do is they need to repent and get right with God, and we need God to show up in a supernatural way and drive out our enemy once again. And we need to remember here at Mitzbah that the Lord has helped us thus far. And he's not going to leave us and he's not going to forsake us now. This is why he's got the government in Mitzpah. Now, the second thing that happens at Mitzpah that's significant and symbolic in Israel's history is in 1 Samuel chapter 10. If you just turn over a couple pages. 1 Samuel chapter 10. And we're not going to read through this chapter, but 1 Samuel chapter 10 Verse 17, once again, Samuel the prophet called all the people of Israel together to the Lord at Mitzvah. And it's here in 1 Samuel chapter 10 that the first king of Israel was chosen. They just lost their king Zedekiah to the Babylonians. They need a king. And it is here at Mitzbah, where the first king of Israel, Saul, was chosen and recognized by the people and anointed as king. So do you see the symbolism? You see the significance? See why Gedaliah says, I'll set up my headquarters in Mitzvah, we'll rule from there. And do you understand how the people of Israel will understand? Mitzvah, yeah, Mitzvah. Mitzvah is where we repented as a nation. Mitzvah is where God showed up. Mitzvah is where God gave us the victory over our enemy. Mitzvah is where God drove out the Philistines. Mitzvah is where we selected our first king. We need all of those things to happen again in our nation. We need to repent. We need. We need God to do something miraculous. We need God to deliver us from the Babylonians. We need our king. We've lost our king. Our king's been carried away as a slave. And so they set up the headquarters in Mitzpah. Now, go back to chapter 40, and look what happens now, that Gedaliah is the king, Gedaliah in his wisdom rules from Mitzpah, knowing that that is going to send a message to the remnant that are left in the land of Judah. And watch what happens now, verse 7. And when all the captains of the armies who were in the fields, they and their men heard that the king of Babylon had made Gedaliah the son of Ahikam governor in the land and had committed to him the men, women, and children and the poorest of the land who had not been carried away captive to Babylon... Then they came to Gedaliah at Mitzpah. So now you have these people, verse 7, the, the captains, the leaders of the armies, it says that were, were in the fields, your translation might say the open country. When the Babylonians invaded the land of Judah, many of the people just scattered and fled to the mountains of Judah in the interior of the country. And they're just hiding up in the mountains and caves. But now they hear that the Babylonians appointed Gedaliah, a fellow Judean, whose name means Jehovah is great, and, and Gedaliah is the governor over Judah, and he, he, is, he is governing from Mitzpah of all places, and now they start coming down out of the hills, and they come to Gedaliah. They get it. They, they understand the significance of this.
0: We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app.
1: We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com.
0: What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth.
1: Verse 8 again. Then they came to Gedaliah at Mitzpah. And we're given some names here. Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah. Johanan and Jonathan, the sons of Kareah. And then there's some other names given there for you. <laughs> Those are really the only two you need to worry about. Then verse 9. And Gedaliah, the son of Ahiakim, the son of Shaphan, took an oath before them, and their men, saying, Do not be afraid to serve the Chaldeans. Dwell in the land. You don't have to hide up in the mountains. Serve the king of Babylon, and it shall be well with you. As for me, I will indeed dwell at Mitzpah and serve the Chaldeans who come to us. I'll be your mediator, in other words. But you you gather wine and summer fruit and oil, put them in your vessels and dwell in your cities that you have taken. Gedaliah encourages encourages the people to come out of hiding, to just dwell in the land, dwell in the cities. Don't be afraid of the Babylonians. Serve the Babylonians and it will go well with you. I'll act as your mediator. I'll, I'll, I'll stand up for you. Before the, ba- before the Babylonians, and he tells them, enjoy the fruit of the land, the vineyards, and the orchards. Now, because of the Babylonian siege, remember the siege of Jerusalem lasted 18 months. The Babylonians are in the land for two years. The people were not able to plant their grain each year because of that. So, they, you know, there's been a famine in the land, but the orchards that just grow every year, there's, it's the summer, it's the harvest time, there's fruit on the vine. And so Gedaliah tells them, hey, move out of the hills, come down, reoccupy the cities. You can live wherever you want and and just enjoy the fruit of the land. It's a land flowing with milk and honey still. Just come enjoy it. So verse 11, likewise, when all the Jews who were in Moab, among the Ammonites, in Edom, and who were in all the Countries heard that the king of Babylon had left a remnant of Judah, and that he had set over them Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, the son of Shaphan. Then all the Jews returned out of all places where they had been driven, and they came to the land of Judah to Gedaliah at Mizpah. We go to Mizpah and gathered wine and summer fruit in abundance. So it says here that there were also some Jews who were in Moab among the Ammonites and in Edom. Those are all on the other side of the Jordan River. So when the Babylonians invaded, there were some that fled up into the hills of the Judean mountains and are hiding up in the mountains and the caves. But there's also some that fled across the Jordan River over into modern day Jordan. And they're over in the mountains of Moab and Edom, dwelling among the Ammonites. Uh, If you remember in a previous chapter, I think it was last week or the week before, when Zedekiah, the king, he tried to flee from the city of Jerusalem by night as it was under siege. And remember, he was captured out in the plain beyond Jericho. He was also heading over across the Jordan River, trying to escape the country completely, going to that same area of Moab and Edom to dwell among the Ammonites. But some of those people had made it out over there They're hiding in the mountains of Edom and in the mountains of Moab. They hear about Gedaliah, a fellow Judean, whose name means Jehovah is great, and that the Babylonians have put him in charge and made him the governor. And so, verse 12, all the Jews return, out of all places where they had been driven, and came to the land of Judah to Gedaliah at Mitzpah, and they gathered wine and summer fruit in abundance. Life was returning to normal for the people of Judah. Because of the leadership of Gedaliah, they're getting some momentum in the right direction. Things, things are, are, are looking up a little bit. Gedaliah gave the people confidence about the future of the nation. He, he brought a, a degree of hope in the wake of a, of a great national tragedy. I'm sure many of you remember after 9-11, it took our country, it took the people of our country some time before things started to feel a little bit normal again, before you felt you know, safe again, before you felt comfortable going out to a restaurant again. Because that attack just was so devastating on our nation, and devastating on our psyche. Some things have never gotten back to normal, right? So things have just changed permanently all these years later. And, and for the people of Judah, under the leadership of Gedaliah now, he's bringing a sense of normalcy. He's turning the ship a little bit for the remnant that is left. People are coming down out of the mountains and out of the caves and returning back to the land, and and there's a harvest, and there's abundance again, and there's wine and there's, there's fruit and people are moving back into the cities. There's a sense of safety again. A sense of, of unity in the nation. A sense of security in the nation. Now watch verse 13. Moreover, Johanan the son of Kareah, and all the captains of the forces that were in the fields came to Gedaliah at Mitzpah and said to him, do you certainly know that Baalis, the king of the Ammonites, has sent Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, to murder you? Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, did not believe them. So, so somehow this guy, Johanan, he, he became aware of a plot to assassinate Gedaliah. And he warned Gedaliah. Again, you can look at our own nation's history and, and we have seen in our own nation's history where, where it seems God raises up a, a particular leader to lead our nation through a very difficult time in our nation and to have that person's life cut short by an assassin. A person who is doing good for the country, a person who's doing good for just humanity, and their life is cut short by an assassin. And, and, and here you have Gedaliah. And he's doing good for Judah. He's doing good for the people of Judah. He's bringing the nation back together. And the people are, 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 are feeling a sense of safety and a sense of hope about the future. But then he learns of this plot to assassinate him. And, and Gedaliah didn't believe Johannan's warning. And he didn't take steps to protect himself from harm. He didn't believe that somebody was actually plotting to kill him. Now listen, Scripture warns you and Scripture warns me that there is somebody that is plotting our destruction, the devil. And his desire is to kill, steal, and destroy. His desire is to ruin your life and my life. And to ruin your family and my family. And it it would be Foolish of us to ignore the warnings of Scripture, or to think that would never happen, or that's never going to happen to me. Gedaliah ignored the warning, and so now, verse fifteen. Then Johanan the son spoke secretly to Gedaliah in Mizpah. So he comes back, and he has a private meeting with the governor and says. Let me go, please, and I will kill Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, and no one will know it. Why should he murder you so that all the Jews who are gathered to you would be scattered and the remnant and Judah perish? Johanan offered to you know, preemptively kill Ishmael to save Gedaliah. And he, he tells us here, why he's so concerned? His concern is not just for Gedaliah's life, he knew that if Gedaliah were assassinated, it would bring back the Babylonians and the wrath of the Babylonians. He asked me how I know and I say truer than the finest. Crystal.
0: That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Dan, We invite you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. There you'll have access to our library of previous messages available to listen to online or download to take with you on the go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Each time we post a new teaching, you'll get a notification and be able to listen right away. We're so blessed to be able to provide you with insightful messages taken straight from the pages of God's Word. We pray you've been encouraged today by what you've heard. We'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us as we continue to build this ministry. God is using programs like Ring of Truth to share the message of the gospel through a virtual mission field. Now, more than ever, people are being reached through radio and online teachings. We're so glad we could be a part of it. And we're eager to see where God will take us next. Would you join us in seeking God's will for this ministry? We'd also ask that you keep our listeners in your prayers, that they'll be open to how God is speaking to them. We know God listens to the prayers of His people, and we appreciate you partnering with us in this way. Thanks for joining us today. We encourage you to take the things you're learning in this study and apply them in your daily life. In our next edition, Pastor Dan will continue teaching verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter, the book of Jeremiah here on Ring of Truth.
1: I see the signs and I
0: recognize the